This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Has Pokemon Go gone too far? The latest fallout from the craze has City of Toronto officials calling for the creator of the mobile game to take the Jack Layton Ferry Terminal off its list of Pokestops. See, the thing is that the island terminal is already really congested and it's now being overrun by people who are chasing the cartoon monsters. Meanwhile, distracted Pokemon players have caused numerous accidents around the globe, including a car crashing into a school in Australia, a Baltimore man drove into a police car, and in Israel, emergency rescue services have issued a Pokemon Warning, and yes, by the way, a Russian bank has created Pokemon Go Accident Insurance. On the other side, the game's brought people out doing more exercise and getting out there. Those are good things. So what do you think? The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Matthew Cutler from... Parks and Rec joins us, and Toronto Police Constable Clint Stibby also joins us to talk about the, the security concerns. Let's start with Matthew Cutler. Hello. Hi, Libby. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today? I'm fine. Well, have you, have you heard back from uh, the game maker, Niantic? We've been in touch with Niantic. We haven't, um, you know, moved forward in any detailed conversations, but we're looking forward to doing that very shortly. But did they actually get back to you? Uh, we have had a response, yeah. Uh, well, what did the response say? It, that we will be in touch. I think they've been quite overwhelmed. Um, we're not the only location that's feeling a bit pressed. Uh, and so I think that we're also not the only one who's reached out to them asking for some uh, some reprieve. Uh-huh. So you, you think they're actually, I mean, my reaction was, do you really think they're going to they're gonna deal with your issue? Well, I mean, we're hopeful. As you said in the intro, this is a federally regulated port that, that sees uh, tens of thousands of visitors every day. Um, there are some real reasons why this location is on our radar as a, as a place for relocation. We've had an incredibly positive experience with Pokemon players uh, in our parks and public realm. So, you know, we have no particular concern with the game in itself. But at this location, there, there are unique challenges that we need to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't, uh, you just heard uh, Adam Vaughn, Member of Parliament, saying this is not something to be regulated. And it's a great thing to have more and more people down at the waterfront. What do you, what's your response to that? Well, I mean, we, we tend to agree uh, on most points. I think Adam is right that we, we want to see more people out. And, and I think Pokemon Go has been amazing for that. Um, one of the areas, though, that I guess we disagree is that I think there is a role to be played in planning for these spaces. When we build a park, we wouldn't, in a small park, put a dog park and a playground um, and fitness equipment and, and, and. We, we build parks intentionally, spreading assets around so that no one park gets overrun in the way that we're seeing with Harbor, Harbor Square and the terminal. So 
Um, so I don't disagree. I think folks should be on the waterfront. And, and one of the approaches that we're suggesting to the developers may be spreading out the 10 that all exist in one park across the waterfront so that um, so that folks are enjoying more of the park system in that area or looking for a park that is, is better suited for this kind of intensity. So we don't disagree. I think these are parks are perfect places for this kind of programming. This particular park, however, has its own challenges that we need to manage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, isn't there a danger that by the time they get back to you, the craze will be waning? Or are you hoping for that? You know, our, our end goal is to be able to deliver high-quality ferry service to folks who want to visit Toronto Island Park. And so uh, whether, whether we can deal with these issues um, by relocating a, a successful game or if the, the game is, in fact, a fad and it, and it uh, fades away, either way, I think as long as we can continue to deliver that high-quality service to the park, um, that's our priority. What I will say is it doesn't seem to be slowing down. Uh, we see more and more numbers showing up every day in the park to play Pokemon. And at the same time, we're seeing players engage more meaningfully um, in, in park stewardship. So they're now hosting cleanup days, and they're really working to try and um, support each other to be better Pokemon citizens in the space and, and to manage their, their behavior and, and their gameplay responsibly in the park space. So yeah, that I was a that really, been, uh, sorry to interrupt, that was yeah. a really nice thing to see, to see young people uh, taking it upon themselves to clean the litter in the parks that are now, uh, you know, so crowded. Uh, what about, uh, have you seen older people, Zoomers? Because uh, one of the good things about this game is that it, it brings people out and it gives them a, a pleasant way to get some exercise. Have you seen that in the parks? We've seen some of it. I mean, there's no question the demographics of this game when it first launched um, skewed quite young, but um, we have seen the, you know, become a bit more diverse, the folks playing it. And, and I think what's also great about that is that the players tend to, when they're in this kind of environment where there are multiple stops and you need to spend some time there to play the game, they tend to interact and to, uh, to connect in a way that they might not otherwise. And so there's also been a lot of intergenerational conversation and interactions between um, folks who otherwise may not connect. And I think that's a, a really great outcome of, of Pokemon Go. Okay, well, speaking of interaction, I mean, maybe there are some interactions, but most of it is uh, people interacting with their phones, and that can lead to bad things, distracted Pokemon Go players. I just gave some examples from around the world, a car crashing into a school, uh, a man crashing into a police car, and the list uh, goes on. So uh, hold on there, Matthew. Let's bring in Constable Clint Stibby and and he is going to talk about security concerns for pedestrians. Hi, Constable. Good morning. How are you? Fine. How are you? Oh, good, actually. I guess technically we're in the afternoon now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I guess uh, we've gotten off scot-free so far. I, I, what's the situation here in Toronto in terms of safety concerns and accidents caused by Pokemon? Well, so far, I'm not aware of any uh, collisions that we've been able to directly attribute to the use of the Pokemon Go game. Uh, that being said, uh, today we did have a pedestrian that was, uh, we could say, engaged in, with their device uh, and uh, was involved in an incident with a cyclist. Uh, in fact, both individuals uh, went to hospital with injury. Uh, it is something that does occur when you, unfortunately, are not paying attention or are not aware of your surroundings. We need to keep in mind that we're only really good at doing one thing well. Uh, the moment you give us two or three tasks to do at the same time, we are very poor at all of them, and that would even include crossing the street. 
Yeah, well, I think almost especially crossing the street, and it's obviously it's not just Pokemon, it's whatever people are engaged with on their devices. Uh, you know, I, I find it incredible the number of people I see crossing the street, not at a crosswalk or the lights, and not looking. Um, it, you know what? It, it, we have to keep in mind that uh, even the statement you made there, and I, I just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page, uh, people crossing the street and not looking is very common. There's nothing that says you actually can't cross the street uh, at a location other than a crosswalk. The only time it actually becomes uh, an issue is if you step onto the street, let's say not looking, and you're struck by a motor vehicle. Uh, the pedestrian would be found to be more likely at fault because if they're stepping on a roadway and they've not given a driver enough of an opportunity to bring that vehicle to a stop, then the, essentially the pedestrian is failing to yield to the through traffic. But we need to keep in mind that, uh, unfortunately, uh, when we look at our collisions, uh, pedestrians uh, um, represent the vast majority of uh, individuals that are killed on our streets on a yearly basis. Uh, last year, we had a total of 39 pedestrians that had died on city streets. So far this year, we've had 24. Wow. So the numbers are terribly high, and uh, over 50% of, uh, of the pedestrians that have died, unfortunately, year over year, are uh, seniors uh, in the ages anywhere between uh, 55 uh, and older, and you know what, it's um, unfortunately a multi-tiered uh, issue. It's the individual may be stepping out when they shouldn't have, uh, in some cases driver error, uh, or the other thing is in some cases an injury that may not have appeared to be serious. But uh, as a result of the injury, the individual has suffered some sort of complication uh, because of their age or current health status that has in some cases led to their demise. Yeah, well, it, exactly. I mean, but whether, whether the, you know, you're at fault or not, if you're a, a pedestrian and you're distracted with a device with Pokemon or whatever, you, you have a higher risk of being injured. Uh, so do you think that we have just kind of got off scot-free so far? Uh, I mean, are, are you worried? Do you have any kind of plans to deal with uh, Pokemon distraction? Well, you know what? It, it really boils down to an individual's uh, assessment of the risk that they're willing to take on a daily basis. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't dream of trying to play a game while crossing a street, uh, so I would be unaware of what's happening. Uh, we do have, unfortunately, a portion of the population that would do that regularly, or maybe even does it regularly, uh, and maybe has never been involved in a collision. But we have had collisions in the past where, uh, and a perfect example was the cyclist versus the pedestrian this morning, uh, where a person has been struck after being uh, on a cell phone, and had they been aware of what was happening, maybe survived. So we obviously are looking for those types of indicators that would uh, tell us that you know we're having a problem in this area or it's started to occur. So far, we haven't seen it or are not aware of it to this point as of yet. But obviously, uh, we do stress to the public at all times that uh, they have to take safety into their own hands. They always have to be aware and not distracted, whether, as I said, crossing the street, operating a motor vehicle, uh, riding a bicycle, because you need to be essentially on your toes, because you may not necessarily make a mistake, but somebody else might. Uh, did you, did you so, determine in in that accident this morning who was at fault, the pedestrian or the cyclist? Uh, there, Right now, there's no confirmation as to who was truly at fault. Uh, one person says one thing, the other person says another. So uh, they are uh, looking uh, to continue the investigation to see if they can make that determination. Uh, as of right now, it has not yet been made. Okay. Hang on, both of you. Uh, let's take a call. We've got Dorothy here in Toronto. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Libby. I'm so glad you have the policeman on. You know, there's so much time wasted on this foolishness when, you know, same in the hospitals or people going in 
really serious needing help in the hospital, and there are people going in with injuries that were unnecessary. And as far as uh, seniors or someone with a cane who can't walk, well, you can't run, but you can't even walk fast, and they don't care. They they drive out of the McDonald's with a hamburger in one hand, with one hand on the wheel, or a cell phone. I see this every day. And it's a big joke to everybody. And it's costing the city and costing the time and energy and money to everyone. And these silly people uh, that don't really care because, and the corporates that are making billions from these devices, billions of dollars that are being wasted. And our children as well, they're becoming fat and lazy because they don't want to go to the parks. The parks are empty because they're sitting... Well, the parks are now crowded with Pokemon players. That's that's one of the good things about this. Well, really, I don't know if they're getting much exercise with that. They should be playing baseball and running and getting oxygen in their lungs and getting all... Uh, no wonder there's so much... Uh, Oh, it's a Alzheimer's. start walking around, walking around capturing uh, uh, Pokemons. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that's a so start foolish. for exercise the in the fresh air. Pardon me. In the fresh air, that's a good thing. It's actually there are some uh, Zoomers, older people, who are using I this know, as I, a way I, to I get know, exercise. I that, but you know, <laughs> it's. It, I think that we need so much help with our youth today. It's the same with uh, when they had to do math in your head and build brain cells and blood cells in your brain. Now they're allowed in schools to use those devices, the calculators, which they weren't allowed to use before. Okay, well, uh, you know, <laughs> things change. Dorothy, thank yeah, you very things much. things aren't changing for the better. They should be changing in a positive way, and they're not. And it's costing the police and the taxpayers a lot of money for okay. no reason. Okay, Dorothy, thanks a lot for your call. Okay, uh, we have to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to give the numbers again before we go. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We're talking about whether Pokemon Go has gone too far. And we are here with Constable Clint Stippy and with Matthew Cutler from the Parks and Rec Department. And we will be back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about whether Pokemon Go has gone too far. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. On the plus side, our technical producer, Justin Ecock says that he walked 66 kilometers using the game. He didn't quite say over how many days that was. <laughs> we'll get an update shortly. In the meantime, let's go to Eve in Acton. Hello, Eve. Hi, Libby. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Um, I drive for a living, so, and I have to do security mobile. I go into the graveyards in Oakville, and they just desecrate everything. Like, they trample the graves, they sit on tombstones, um, trample the gardens. And if you ask them to leave, you know the answer you get. What is the answer you get? Huh. No effing way. 
Really? Wow. In a graveyard. And uh, how how many people was this uh, an isolated experience, or this, did this happen to you with a lot of people? Uh, this was with eight young men. Wow, that would be, that could be a little scary, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't get out of the car. I just... So I said, I'm locking the gates, and they said, too bad, go ahead. So I said, okay, you stay in there till 8 o'clock in the morning. They moved real fast to get out. Okay, well, that was one way of dealing with it. Uh, um, and we've had to call the police before also because they just won't go. Well, so you didn't make good on the threat to lock them in? No, I, I threatened to lock them in, but they came as soon as I started locking up. Okay, well, I guess you've uh, figured out a good solution. No. Um, anything else you've seen? Any other sort of uh, disturbing or wacky manifestations of the Pokemon game? Um, no, not really. Like, I've seen them in other locations, and there's no problem at all. But in there, it's just like they just take over. Okay, Eve. Well, sorry to hear that. Thanks for letting us know about it. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Constable Stibby, uh, what about uh, crime? And uh, I guess that we, I don't know if it's trespassing because cemeteries are usually public, but uh, other disturbing things like that. Have you seen a big uptick? Uh, no, we haven't been given any information uh, other than we have seen uh, some YouTube videos where uh, I know one was done as a parody, uh, I think it was about l- early last week, and an individual was uh, walking along the TTC train tracks, uh, jumping into the water, that sort of thing. It was, I mean, it, you do have people that make some really bad decisions. Uh, if it involves young children, in most cases the parents are at least putting an effort forward to make sure the kids don't do anything uh, that would put them at risk. That being said, I, did, I have seen a situation where um, a child or a group of children uh, uh, were being followed by the parents, and the parents were trying to keep the kids from running away too far because the kids wanted to get to the next marker or point to get the uh, next Pokemon, and uh, the children weren't listening. We need to keep in mind that uh, when it does come to children, some children, unfortunately, are so focused or involved in the game, they may not actually hear the parents uh, or hear what's happening around them. Uh, we do obviously see older individuals using the game as well. Uh, that being said, it really does boil down to safety first, where you need to take responsibility for your own safety, because you can't necessarily expect a, a good Samaritan or a person that may see you maybe going towards that edge of the water or the edge of the uh, platform type thing and save you. You have to assume that you're most responsible for your safety at all times, and that's why anytime you use one of these games, it needs to be an area of safety and where you are focused on what's happening around you and not uh, just focused on the game. Okay, Constable Stibby, that's good advice for everything. Thanks a lot. And uh, Matthew, uh, we have a little bit of time left. Uh, just uh, give us your parting thoughts on Pokemon and the city parks. Well, I think that uh, the comments that have been made are, are exactly correct, that the game you know, isn't all that unique to how people use parks all the time, and we struggle with lots of challenges around people gathering and around trash and all those other things. Um, Again, we have very specific issues with this federally regulated port at the ferry terminal, but generally speaking, I think that Pokemon users have have learned how to um, dwell well within the space and use it the way that that all of our users do. And so as long as they continue to respect the space and respect other users, I think they're going to be very welcome in our parks moving forward. Okay. Thank you both. Uh, and as, as a final piece of information, Justin says that he walked those 66 Pokemon kilometers over two weeks. Okay, <laughs> so that's it.
That's it for Pokemon Go for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.